I got a fever of 100.4. What's up, Eddie? I hear a man. I don't see a man. <laughs> there, there you go. There's me. There's ah, it's all. Oh, it must have updated while I was uh, not paying attention because everything is different. <laughs> yeah, um, the Skype has been doing this, and there's new. Um, did you notice that there's new? Um, sounds when you call somebody it sounds like it sounds like your tub is leaking mm-hmm. oh no because it says john your tub is leaking <laughs> uh so high it's how's it going between the uh, difference between showing and telling <laughs> i don't difference, know what you're talking about difference between showing and telling <laughs> you poets think that's all there is to it Shh. You think you can go just teach a fiction writing class with that with that little nugget? But it's you're the wrong. Difference, it's the difference between showing and telling. <laughs> it's a little thing I like to say. Oh, Eddie. Well, everything's different. Angles are different. Yeah. Cameras everywhere. Yeah, everything's different. I'm in a I'm in a new location. For I'm, I'm in a new, new location for episode one hundred. One hundredth episode. Yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, I I can actually because we're all uh, getting older, and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> but that, that's not an argument for us actually having done this 100 times. That's a uh, I, I'm here. Here's here's some things that surprise me that we haven't given okay. up on it. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, which is surprising for any project of mine. <laughs> um, or also that we haven't been so obsessive that we have done it every week and didn't have our 100th episode um, just slightly over two years of doing it. Yeah, th- I, I've occasionally felt, if, as, long as, we're doing a, as long as we're doing an on-air uh, analysis of our podcasting life together, um, which it appears that we are doing. Briefly, I've, I've always felt okay. Okay, okay understood. <laughs> I've always felt uh, like I wished we could be more regular, but uh, I don't think I don't think our lives accommodate that. Plus, um, we're a couple of uh, what they call creatives. And, yeah, people, um, I see people putting that in their Twitter um, self definition lately. <laughs> they should not be doing that. No, <laughs> that's not they a good idea. Too- too busy creating content to call themselves creatives. <laughs> the fact that you the fact that you blithely referred to content creation as though that is not an offensive piece of terminology <laughs> tells you how far we yeah. have come. Content creation is now a nostalgic job. That's like blacksmith. <laughs> content creator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a lot like blacksmith when you get down to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I think that it would have been impossible for us to do this every week for two solid years, but uh, it's fun. I get it to fun. get to see your handsome face every now and then, and and yours also. I get to see, yeah, your eyebrows. Are, you get a little hair in one of those eyebrows. You got a little wild hair. You know, I have eyebrows. to. Uh, some time ago, 
<laughs> at the onset of middle age, specifically, yeah. I um, had to begin um, grooming my eyebrows. I have to, yeah. I have to go in there. And it, a couple of times, I would, you know, when I'm cutting my hair with clippers, with electric clippers, I would just kind of mm-hmm. hit the brows a little bit. But I realized that's a little too too uniform. It just looks it's too too groomed looking and dangerous. Me. Well, there's you know, slip, it's a little slip of the wrist and no eyebrow. Yeah, and well, there's there are many dangers in life that we have to we have to accept. And that's and that's face. one of the biggest. It's yeah. one of the biggest. Um, but now I just I go in there with a pair of scissors and I selectively yeah. harvest the the craziest yeah. brows. And I know that with every eyebrow hair that I remove, um, in the in the name of tidiness, I am becoming less and less likely to win the Nobel Prize for literature. Um, but that's a, a trade-off I'm willing to accept. But they, uh, I, th- I think, uh, when you get the call, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the the eyebrows uh, whip into place. They're like little you get your Nobel your antenna eyebrows. Uh, yeah, they they, they sprout. <laughs> that's that's how you can people people say when the phone call comes, they get a little tingling. <laughs> that's what it is. It's the eyebrows. Rushing into place for their, uh, their photo. Who's going to win the Nobel? Jesus, what, I don't what know. What writer in some genre we haven't even heard of is going to win the Nobel this year? Um, I, c- I could not begin to tell you. For probably from a country I've never heard of. I have not been familiar with. Since with trans, as opposed to, except for Transformer, I haven't uh, been previously familiar with um, any of the Nobel winners for a long time. I haven't followed them up either. I have to say, yeah. Don't worry because um, as soon as uh, as soon as someone you've never heard of wins the Nobel Prize for Literature, you can be sure that Dave Eggers will jump onto the scene to say how he's uh, admired the person his entire life and thinks that he deserves it. Meow. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> when uh, when the Italian uh, playwright Dario Fo won. Yeah. Um, that was what ha- everyone was. Everyone was like Dario Fo. Who's Dario Fo? And then uh, Dave Eggers, you know, jumped jumped mm-hmm. onto the internet with a little article about how great Dario Fo is. Um, so you know, in sort of the same way that he he you can't buy a copy of Barthelme's Sixty Stories anymore without there being a a, a, a glib introduction by Dave Eggers telling us why we should read the book that we just bought. Yeah. We'll cut all this out. No, no. I, I, I wish I had something uh, um, uh, uh, funnier or, or more true to say about um, <laughs> Dave Akers, who's, who's uh, um, although only a, a year or two older or younger than us, I already have kind of written off as being um, uh, having any meaning to, <laughs> to the moment. Kind of like Britney Spears. Britney Spears is 26 years old. Do you know that? No, she's no, she's not. She's older she's than ninety four. She's one hundred and two. <laughs> I'm going to find out. I think she's like thirty five. I think 35? she's thirty five. Yeah. Do you is think Britney just, Spears is thirty five? Uh, yeah. Let's find out. She's thirty four. Well, it's like being twenty six. It it kind of is. I thought she was younger. No, but she she just dropped a new single. You know what song of hers I love? <laughs> I love. Work, bitch. 
Do I know it? Is I it- don't know if you do. It was uh, from 2013, and it was it came out at a moment where she was thought to have been something of a has been. I think right now Alice Bolin is. If, if oh, she, she was probably like, she was about 26 in 2013. Yeah, yeah, she was about 26 as That's opposed to now when she's 26. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, she had been eclipsed by other pop stars and put out this song um, with the refrain. First of all, the title is missing the address comma. There should be a comma in the title. It this, uh-huh. the, the title is not about um, a someone at work who you are tired of hearing what they it, have to say. It, exactly, exactly. Or to be more charitable, uh, the, something the songwriter is calling herself um, as being like a, a tough person who is at work. Yeah. No, but she is, in fact, it, it it's addressing addressing uh, other people, saying you have got to work. And but the but the um <laughs> the video is great and it has a scene with in which she's surrounded by CGI uh, sharks. Oh, it's, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the, the the opening lyrics of the song are: You want a hot body? You want a Bugatti? You want a Maserati? You better work, bitch. You want a Lamborghini? Sipping martinis. You look hot in a bikini. You better work, bitch, and so on. And it's super catchy. It's super catchy. Mm-hmm. And apparently, she has a new single out. So, which I haven't listened to yet. I remember the first time I heard Britney Spears. I was totally, and it involves you. Yeah. I was totally. Um, I must have heard. I must have heard uh, her early hits on the radio. But it was at a time when I didn't hear any popular music. I was kind of tuned out. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think the album with Toxic on it came out, and you and Jill had it on heavy rotation in your house in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, sure, yeah. It was a, it's a it's not a bad song. No. So yeah. then so we I, went to her, then we went to uh, uh, the restaurant that she likes. Yep. Do we, we went to I'm, Nyla up in? Uh, certainly, we've talked about this on the um, podcast before, right? Oh, I hope so. In hope Ke- so. it's in Kenwood, Louisiana. Kenwood, Louisiana, Nyla's. Yeah. 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 Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. This was uh, Brittany's favorite childhood restaurant, right? We had some uh, fried pickles, and uh, either me or Jill left our uh, cell phone there. Oh God! So I had to go up there again the next day. Yeah. To get the cell phone. And that went okay. They had it for you. Oh yeah, they'd fried it. Yeah, there it is. Nyla's Burger Basket. Yeah. God, that's a good name for a restaurant. They sliced it and fried it. Um, which is how they do up there. Slice it, fry it, turn it around. <laughs> That's what they do to their cell phones. When Britney Spears was 26, yeah. it was 2007, was when she released um, the album uh, Blackout. Yeah. Uh, which was um, her uh, album after uh, all the craziness happened. Yeah. And uh, um, no one, no one really listened to it. They should have. Britney's, Britney's, uh, Britney's a real thing, man. Sure. Speaking of her, you you heard the episode of Mystery Show where? Uh, do you listen to Mystery Show, the podcast? No. I know you're not supposed to name check other podcasts on one's podcast, but I don't, I don't abide by the rules. I'm not, I'm not familiar with these podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 think this, you think this is just a private conversation? 
that we're having? Oh, well, what are all these people doing here? <laughs> uh, it was a public conversation. Uh, to uh, I sell tickets, and I've got a uh, audience here. So Starley Kine, who was a, a producer, plant. who was oh, a producer sure. of This American mm-hmm. Life, started this podcast right. called Mystery Show. Right. In which oh, she, this is her show. Her yeah. show where she oh yeah I've, I've she solves mysteries. And yeah. one of them is one of the episodes uh, is a writer a friend of hers saw a paparazzi photo of Britney Spears, and in the photo, Britney Spears is holding a copy of her, oh, that's right. her yeah. book. Yeah, heard this one. This is yeah. the one I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, it's a great episode and ends with Starley going and asking Britney Spears, tracking down Britney Spears and managing to ask her about the book. But um, the show got canceled. It, the, Did, is that what happened to it? Yeah, the network said uh, the podcast network told her it was not uh, not not viable, and they uh, pulled the plug. Oh. It's my favorite podcast. I bet it was expensive. That's exactly what I. I yeah. In fact, when the first season was airing, I was like, "How how are they affording this?" <laughs> because in the Britney Spears episode, she spends yeah. like thirty five hundred dollars on a on a ticket yeah. to a Britney Spears concert where she gets to meet her. Mm-hmm. What would you pay $3,500 for, Ed? $3,500 to... Uh, I, got, I got to see Bruce Springsteen for free a couple you, days ago. Really? Well, not like perform or anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm downtown a couple days a week teaching, and uh, I've got a, a couple free hours. So I went over to uh, I went over to Powell's City of Books. Yeah. Um, nice place. It's a luxury to be able to have some time to kill near it, so I can walk around. I was I was down there. I got a cup of coffee. Looked, at, picked up a uh, Dominique Fabre um, book. Oh, great! Guys like me, the newest. Uh, it's a year too old, but I haven't read it yet. And uh, a couple of uh, birthday present books for my um, father-in-law, mm-hmm. including the new uh, Maria Semple book. Have you read it yet? Did you like it? I have read it because there's a there's a character in it who is based on me, what? so I had to read it very quickly to find out <laughs> what, uh, what, what had been said uh, about what, you, what, what kind of treatment I got, and it's a positive one. It's adorable. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> it's adorable. I'm very grateful. Um, and uh, and then I'm walking up. Um, you've been in Pals, of course. I've been in Pals. Yeah, yeah. So um, so there's, there's the front and they've uh, I was walking up, uh, still thinking I might get a different, uh, uh, not not get a fiction book as the present for the father-in-law, find yep. something else interesting. Sure. And I was walking up uh, to the second floor, and there's a little scrum of like security detail, and in the middle is a very short old man, and it's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> he was there signing books. Wow. And there was there were a lot of there's a lot of there were a lot of people at the bookstore there's but there are always a lot of people at the bookstore it's a big uh, you know tourist place yeah uh, and there was a sign on the door saying you know we're filming today so if you're coming in you're um, you know implied consent that you're okay with being in whatever we're filming right um, and it was all had to do with uh, the Bruce Springsteen book tour so he was. I got a uh, a free uh, three to five second um, vision of 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 Ogle of of the boss. 
<laughs> He's old, man. Yeah. Of course, of course uh, but I, but I don't know if I so I didn't have to pay anything for that. I would pay thirty five hundred dollars for like a meet and greet, like yeah. like uh, Kine got with uh, um, with Brittany. You is there anyone you wouldn't pay that for anyone, would you? Oh, I might get some. What I get, I don't even know what I what I would get somebody else to pay for. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know what I would expense thirty five hundred dollars to meet. Um, yeah, don't know, don't know. You know, I think one of anybody, my... anybody, anybody that I would pay that much uh, to 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 meet is somebody I think who you could meet for like free. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the people like the people that I admire that much, I are, are not the kind of people who have to <laughs> charge anything. I mean, <laughs> you probably already have access to those people. <laughs> I actually think that's one of the nice things about being a being a writer that. That the the people you like the most the most are, um, are accessible. Not that you want to access them, but yeah. Anyway, uh, um, I forgot what I was gonna say. This is going well, don't you think? It's pretty good. So when when Britney Spears was was twenty six, <laughs> yeah. Um, and she releases Blackout. Some of the songs on Blackout include. Give me more. Piece of me. Radar. Break the ice. Heaven on earth. Yeah. Freak show. Toy soldier. Hot as ice. Ooh, ooh, baby. Perfect lover. Why should I be sad? And then, uh, which was the the sort of hit for for Al Williams. And then uh, um, there's get naked. And then in parentheses, like walk, don't run. You know, walk. Parentheses, don't run. Yeah. Uh, get naked. Uh, parentheses. I got a plan. <laughs> it sounds like the non-parenthesized portion has already revealed the plan. Mm-hmm. The plan is to get yeah. naked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the lyrics are: uh, "I'm not ashamed of my beauty. You can see what I got." This is what I identify with with yeah. this song. You can I'm not ashamed. Of, you can see what I got. Shouldn't I freak you out? Imagine if I work it out. If I got on top, you're gonna lose your mind. The way I put it down on you. You know, you should be up. Let your mind roam free. Get naked times eight. Take it off times four. Uh, I took it off in parentheses, then get naked X four, uh, t- four times. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then, uh, then it goes. Oh, I thought, the, I thought the times eight and the times four were actually lyrics in the song, and I was getting kind of excited. Oh, that would be great. It's like OCD sex, yeah. sex music. Yeah. Yeah. Times eight would be a good name for a, a good title. Yeah. Uh, for 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 learning about math. <laughs> <laughs> Songs about math. There's a Leo Kotke song called Times Twelve. Um, yeah. And for twenty years, I thought it, you know it's an instrumental song like most of Leo Kotke's songs and. Um, so the meaning of the titles is always fairly obscure. And that one, mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought of it as being about multiplication in some way. Maybe it was a reference to the repetitions in the song. I don't know. Um, but when I was, I, I moved all my records recently and was reshelving them and came across my Leo Kaki records and took that one out. I think it's called uh, A Shout Toward Noon, I think is the album that it's on. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly 
decided that times 12 was a, a font choice. Mm. Because? I don't know. Suddenly so I realized... That's an assertion. Do you have any examples? I, I think that uh, since, since that, since I first saw, since I first heard the song and saw the title, um, that phrase now has come to evoke something different, and that is Times New Roman, size 12. Times 12. Oh, but it's, it's just an X12, or does it say times 12? It says times 12. Oh, I thought it was X12, but it did mean times New Roman. That would be uh, pretty clever. Yeah. yeah I'm as clever at... as Kotke's, uh nimble um, guitar fingerings. Well well put. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very Speaking good at Speaking of fingerings, guitar. you're going to watch the debate tonight? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're smiling. <laughs> I I don't want to get too uh I just I I think that the that the implosion of the Republican party is so, is so unprecedented in our lifetimes. I've I just have never seen anything like this. It's awful. It's awful uh it's awful callow though everyone abandoning the sinking ship now that Donald yeah. Trump has uh advocated yeah. for sexual aggression and assault. But it was okay women. when it was just about yep. White supremacy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. fine. That, everybody was fine with that, yeah. Everyone was all right with that, but this, yeah, yeah, it really, um, um, it's a pretty good tell, yeah, of what everybody's what, what twenty to forty eight percent of uh, America is holding in their in their hate hands. But hell yeah, I'm gonna. Um, mm-hmm. Hell yeah, I'm going to watch that debate. I didn't watch the last one. I and did. I, uh, I didn't plan on watching any of them because they make me too anxious. And I've already decided who to vote for. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I'm going to skip my Sunday night trivia and, and watch watch the debate. I got good and good and liquored up for the last one, um, thinking that it would be that it would be close <laughs> and that it w- would make me anxious. But um, – <laughs> But Hillary, of course, wiped the floor with him um, because he can't he can't stand a woman um, arguing with him. I mean, he can't stand anyone arguing with him. But I think that a, yeah, an intelligent woman getting one up on him, particularly, is totally, totally unacceptable for him, and yeah. he he just completely lost his cool. You see this article in the Times today. About how yesterday, when everything was falling apart, when the when all the all these Republicans were denouncing him or un unendorsing him or saying they weren't going to vote for him, mm-hmm. um, he and he was he was supposed to have done something in Wisconsin with maybe Paul Ryan with Paul Ryan, yeah. yeah and Paul Ryan said, uh, "Actually, don't come along." So he had nothing to do. The Republican. Uh, nominee for president had nothing to do, so he stayed at home with his yeah. f- with his family in Trump Tower. And uh, I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna find this. Um, and uh, he just sort of hung out all day watching CNN. Yeah. Here it is. The article is called Inside the Lonely Fortress. <laughs> Inside Trump Tower, an increasingly upset and alone Donald Trump. Um, it also very pointedly 
reportedly says that uh, Ivanka was not there. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> not present were. Yeah. <laughs> so this, but the end of this, the end of this article, and I'll look at the link you sent me in a second. I'm just going to read the ending of this wonderful piece of journalism. Um, there are a bunch of Trump supporters outside, and Trump is aware of this all day. Mr. Trump could not resist the scene. Sorry about that. What are you doing? Well, I'm trying to get the video back, and then I ended up calling you again. <laughs> there's, apparently, there's apparently two Skypes running. There you go. You get, you're double Skyping? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the update, is they've, they've turned it on twice. Okay, well, anyway, um, so the end of this piece is... Uh, just before 5 p.m., he descended from what his aides grandly call the residence and strode through the marble lobby with his son and his campaign manager, Kellyanne Conway, poor Kellyanne, in tow. He slipped through the glass front door, startling some of his starstruck supporters. The crowd screamed and reached out to touch his suit jacket. He bathed in the rapturous admiration. He pumped his right fist in the air and smiled. He looked rejuvenated. He stayed for just five minutes, electrifying the scene. Before he departed, one reporter screamed a question at him, asking whether he would remain in the race. 100%, Mr. Trump replied. He turned and headed back to the tower, clapping his hands as if to applaud his supporters and himself. Nice. nice. Yeah. Isn't that either good? The, it's either the last time we'll ever see him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I think he. I think Pence drops out. Trump stays in, um, focuses you, on on his hate and on the most hateful things. Focuses on the wall and, um, uh, what, what is the other big hate thing? Just hate like the wall and uh, Muslims? guns, Muslims guns. and guns, guns, wall, maybe Muslims. Um, goes ho- really hardcore into these things, playing exclusively to his, um his deplorables um, and wins one county. <laughs> Which one? Which county? Uh, any county. Could be yours. <laughs> I mean, it could be. It's going to be a lottery. Yeah. It's going to be by lottery. Do you really think Pence is going to drop out? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Because he wants to be president. He's the not going to be president. He's, he's the way not going to be, be president. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll never be president. None Jesus of these, Christ. No Republican will ever be president again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he wants to be the presidential candidate. And, um, yeah, there's more, there's more to that than uh, uh, being vice. Yeah, there's no the, being vice presidential candidate to Trump is no longer a path to the presidency. <laughs> it's just so odd. It's so odd that this thing is the thing that is seems to be destroying him. This thing that he said when when uh, Britney Billy Spears Bush. was 26. Yeah. Who's Billy Bush again? He's like a cousin of the Bushes. First or second cousin of No, he's first cousin to, to Jeb and George and those young. It's like a he had like a, broad, a little broadcasting career may still be doing it. All right. Yeah, it's all very very weird. Yesterday, I mean, we've been following this for 2 years. Yeah. Yesterday was the first day that I was really um, anxious. I mean, partly because I, mean, I, mean, I, I know that it, it's the nail in the, co- in the coffin. I know this, this is like the thing that, you know, he can't win now, um, even though it seemed unlikely that he would win anyway. Yeah. 
but there's something anxious about it. It seems like that uh, this, uh, no matter how he responds to it, it will be in a way that will deepen the the insanity of discourse and of his supporters, and brings him more more closely to acts of violence. Yeah. The more desperate he is, the more he'll the more desperate his supporters are, and and I think there'll be some actual violence. Yeah, increases the assassination um, level, threat level. What for Hillary? You mean? Yeah, I do. This is the thing that kept me from feeling glee yesterday because this is the you know these revelations are the kind of thing I've been hoping for. Part of me has been expecting because of course there's I'm sure there are a thousand more where this one came from. Um, Anything could have sunk him, and it seems that this is going to be the thing. Uh, and I expected to be delighted, and I am on some level, but it's so profoundly destabilizing. Yeah, that, it's like, destabilizing. As you're saying, it's just it's, it's disturbing, and he has. I'm I'm even worried about the aftermath of this when the election has happened, and presumably Hillary has been elected president. What happens in the interim? Like, where does what does Trump do with the support he's gotten from this sort of activated minority, vocal minority of, you know, angry racists? Yeah. Well, I mean, people eventually, I don't know, hist- there's, there's really very little historical precedent. I mean, Huey Long ends with a gunshot. Um, but, but other, uh, you know, charismatic Mad men and women. Uh, eventually, people do just get tired of. Him. Especially, he's an entertainer. People get tired of entertainers. You know. I guess they do. Not Britney Spears, though. No, no. Or Amanda Knox. Oh my God! Is she an entertainer? <laughs> sure. <laughs> do you want to tell me about Beijing Hot Pot? Uh, so instead of instead of watching the last debate, um, yeah. which was on my which is uncharitably on my birthday, <laughs> my forty fifth birthday, <laughs> happy birthday once again, a week or two ago, a week ago or two weeks ago. Yep, um, it's hard to tell time in this environment. You know? <laughs> like I was turning to my podcasts yesterday for some sort of gloss on what had happened that day and everything was a day old and it might as well have been a century old in political time well do, but, you, were you ta- did you do you listen to keeping it 1600 sure yeah this is, they 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 dropped that last episode of the podcast like an hour before the yeah before the tapes came out <laughs> it's so innocent they just- <laughs> yeah, yeah i tried listening to it i was like oh these, yeah they're, they're no longer experts yeah, yeah. They don't know. They don't know. It's poor men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. Go on. <laughs> so instead of instead of watching the debates or doing anything else, uh, uh, Jill and her sister and and her friend uh, and I went to a Beijing hot pot for a birthday dinner. Great. Best thing I've eaten in Portland. Oh wow! Do you know about hot pot? Uh, yes. In fact, I had it. Uh, I had Mongolian hot pot. In yeah. uh, at a restaurant in London that uh, the eccentric and delightful writer Scott Bradfield and his wife took me to when I was there yeah. teaching a class. And uh, one of the best meals 
I've ever had. So I'm I'm familiar, delighted, and familiar with hot pot. It's great. It's a great alternative to listening to a debate. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. It it has its own, like like a debate. It has its cadences. <laughs> okay. The uh, uh, the propane under the table ran out halfway through. We didn't notice, and so things were getting undercooked. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so we sort of slowed, sort of as a lull. And then you know things started boiling again, and we were eating voraciously and vigorously. And then uh, more food, more food came. A lot of it, like small little vegetables, and uh, and then some good good meat. And we realized that the, although the place was very full, maybe twelve tables, not a huge place, but twelve tables full, people <clears throat> putting lots of food into boiling broth and uh, lots of plates, um, and that we were being everyone was being you know attended to. Um, very, very, very kindly, we realized that the whole place was being run by one person. Oh my we god! Could see, we could see the kitchen from where we were sitting, and my my sister in law's uh, boyfriend partner is a uh, runs a food cart. Yeah, is a, you know culinary school guy knows understands how these things are working. It's like I don't know how she's doing it. Um, you know, she was uh, and handling it all without without stress. People coming in, phones ringing, delivery men are coming. Um, and everything is uh, moving smoothly. One person at a, a, a quick, an accelerated but not hurried pace taking care of all of this. And that was the real amazing thing of the night. That's, that's bananas because that's, that's yeah. the kind that's an, that is literally a nightmare scenario. Like that is yeah. a thing that I would have a dream about. Um, yeah. Good God. Yeah. It was inspiring. <laughs> so was, was your inspiring. was your propane restarted uh, fairly promptly? Started it, which was a complicated process. I bet. Yeah, yeah. And, and I pro- realized that it was also very possible that any of these tables could yeah. blow up at any minute. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and that would be very very ugly. Yeah, yeah. of course it would. Yeah. Ugly, your ear ugly. is. <laughs> sorry, your ear is in my hot pot. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a small limited explosion that just shreds those of you, those at the table, but uh, people on the other side of the restaurant can continue. Uglier than, than any debate, really. Yeah. Yeah. But well, instead. I will come to Portland uh, next spring for, uh, for the book tour, so maybe this is a place we should go eat. Hot pot. Hot pot. Hot pot. Um, I don't think we have uh, podcasted since um, I left New York City. You were on the verge of it. Yeah. Um, a couple of highlights uh, aside from the aside from the the noodle shop that I told you about last time. Um, kosher rotisserie chicken from Fairway, the grocery store chain. Yeah. Particularly the Latin variety. It had become a kind of ritual to go down to the store and hope that they had the Latin kosher rotisserie chicken in stock, and then just eat that for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. All New Yorkers, I recommend this. You get the kosher rotisserie at Fairway. I also ate right towards the end there at. Is um, it under? Is it uh, under five dollars? No, it's not. No, ten. No. It's under ten, I think. For a whole chicken. For a whole chicken. Um. And uh, Dinosaur Barbecue up on 125th Street. Uh, it's uh, the original, I think, is in Syracuse, and there's one in Rochester. And I had been to both of those. Was unaware that they had opened branches in New York, um, but they had, and it's exactly like the ones upstate. 
the decor is the same. Everyone is equally friendly. There's lots of kitschy Americana on the walls, and the barbecue is um, its exact characteristic deliciousness that I enjoyed upstate. And I think this is good news. I'm sure there's lots of decent barbecue in New York, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, um, I went there with uh, my old student, uh, Taya Obrecht, um, mm-hmm. writer, uh, yeah. novelist of of good repute. Does she live in New York? She lives in New York. Um, this was the the Harlem branch of mm-hmm. of barbecue. There's something going on up there, up around 125th over by the river. Um, it's it almost doesn't feel like New York. It's like a it, it's like a it's like a little river town or something. There's all kinds of new development happening up there. I thought of this because there's a the sort of anchor store of Fairway is up there as well. Um, so, and I ended up trying to walk there along Riverside Drive and was just following along the little dot on my phone um, mm-hmm. and arrived at, at what should have been the spot, but I realized that I had walked onto a bridge and the spot I needed to be, I was directly on it, but it was under me. Mm-hmm. And I was right on oh, time. I, yeah. If I had <laughs> if I leaped off the bridge and through the roof yeah. of the building, I would have been right on mm-hmm. time. It landed right in your seat. Yeah, but instead, because I did, I, th- uh, I had a feeling that it wouldn't actually work out that way. Yeah, um, I found a path that took. And they would have a fix a napkin to your a bib to you right as you're landing. <laughs> yeah, that a would landing, be perfect. A landing bib. Yeah. Be, uh, and the, there'd be uh, a, a your rib, sir. A linen shaped hole in the ceiling that they would yeah. they would install glass in and immortalize. Yeah. I'll sign it yeah. with a sharpie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is not what happened. That's not what happened. I I I was ten minutes late after finding a, a path down yeah. to the down to the ground level. Ten minutes, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse. Do they have dinosaur? Do they have like the ribs, like Flintstone ribs? Yeah, they'll give you they'll give you a rack for sure. Um, what I usually get the size that will sort of upend your car if you put them in. <laughs> yeah, that would... make your car tilt to the side. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So that your feet can barely touch the ground. Somewhere in back, there's a there's a bird saying it's a living. Um, <laughs> there's a let's see. Um, I always get oh, there's, there's look at these. There's one in Troy now. There's uh, one in Buffalo. They're really expanding. I highly recommend this restaurant. I'll I'll put the link in the notes. Uh, uh, I recommend the Tres Hombres. Which is a sort of sampler plate mm-hmm. with a brisket and ribs, and I think some pulled pork, maybe. Um, and the I ombres, the ombres are pre-selected for you, or can you choose? No, the ombres are pre-selected. You you choose from a, a number of sides, which Pre- include pre-selected ombres. Yeah, and you can get you know beans and rice as a side, or greens, or you know it's a barbecue place, um, and. Yeah. Uh, um, but Trace Ombres is the is is my test thing to see if it was good as, as good as the one in Syracuse, and in fact it was. So is it all? Is it smoked? Is it is it, is it smoking there? Yeah, their thing. Yeah, they do a lot of smoking. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. But since I got back to Ithaca, um, I've mostly just been picking it at things in my house. I made apple butter. 
guys, I've been talking about apple butter. I've been trying to get people into apple butter and trying to find some good apple butter. Really? I love apple butter. You know what? People don't know about apple butter. Couldn't be easier to make. It's just like you can you make applesauce and then you keep making it. You just keep going. You just keep Boils going. Down. I had yeah. to uh I had to put some more water in. I uh-huh. think I think probably if I'd had cider, I would have put cider in. But I actually don't think that's all that much different. It's gonna it's gonna boil off the same amount of water anyway. It's still gonna taste like apples. So yeah. but I had to add some water because the apple chunks hadn't broken down quite enough. You wanna get them I like to I like mine a little chunky, but yeah. not too chunky. Um, yeah. You want it to break down enough so that it it doesn't feel like a, a wet matrix the way applesauce does. It does start to feel creamy almost. It feels buttery. Yeah. Its mouthfeel yeah. becomes buttery. So at some point, yeah. once the sugar is broken down far enough and the the um, and the and the the mixture turns dark and thick. Yeah, almost a tar. Yeah. Um, it apple tar. It's has a very intense tangy flavor to it. And um, uh, it has a creaminess, and you don't have to add like dairy butter to it to make it taste that way. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommended. Makes your house smell great. Um, I got the idea because uh, I bought a bunch of apples that uh, were just were insipid. They they were yeah. mealy, um, but turned into applesauce and apple butter they were delicious you shouldn't be getting that kind of apples in in the finger lakes region no i should be getting excellent apples this time of year i got them at the supermarket instead of the orchard so um next next batch i'm going to the i'm going to the orchard yeah we've had great apples here lately yeah oh the apples yeah yeah well there was, yesterday was the apple fest at the portland nursery mm-hmm. uh, which is which is which is they call it the apple like the apple tasting festival but there's a lot of pumpkins also they're trying to push pumpkins on you yeah as well as apples and apple cider and they've got a cider press and everything and then, <laughs> it's just so amazing <laughs> oh, and the apples are so good i mean we've got I probably had I probably had 10 or 15 different varieties of apple in the last month and each one very distinct some of them not great yeah some of them a little, little starchy yeah but uh, um had some great ones some great ones uh had baldwins baldwins I've had baldwins i've had burgundies I've had cortlands um the Fuji. I'm trying to find the I'm trying to find a, this is very large one that I had. It had some Japanese name. Cortland was uh, was developed here in Ithaca. At Cornell, is that right? Cornell Orchards, yeah. Oh, very good. It's a good it's a good baking apple, but um, someone has a tree of them here. So what's they're... what's your current apple of choice? Um, well, I like a, a honey crisp. I do too. And there's there's, a, there's, and there's some. So some further even development along those lines that they're growing around here. Um, I can't remember the name of, but uh, I love a Honeycrisp. It's a it's a recent innovation. Yeah, I know. In it's a good eater. It's a good eater. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, what about if you're making a pie? What if you're making a cobbler? What if you're making a crisp? No, I wouldn't use a Honeycrisp for a crisp. No, you wouldn't. No. Maybe a Hubbardston Nunsuch. Mm. I don't know. Did you just I'd make read. that up? No, that's a real one. 
um, uh, a Jonathan. Yeah. I'll throw a Jonathan in there. Look at that. There really is a Hubbardston done such. Mm-hmm. Large, rugged fruit with red skin, highlight of gold, flesh hard, crisp, yet fine-grained, sprightly yeah. and rich flavor, becoming sweeter when fully ripe. Yeah. The King of Tompkins County. <laughs> That's one? That's one, yeah. King of Tompkins County. Uh, that has a large one has to have been made here because that's my county. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. It's your king. There it is. You know what? Uh, I think. Um, I think I'm going to have to go over to Cornell Orchard and see if they got this one. See if they do. Yeah. Yeah. I like a pink lady. Sure. It's a nice one. Sure, you do. Yeah. Uh, Rome. It's a good. That's a good cooking apple. A Rome beauty. Rome beauty. Rome beauty. That's good for a uh, for a pie. When you said Pink Lady, I of course thought of the um, gang of girls in the musical Grease. Are they the Pink Ladies? Yeah. Rizzo. In the movie version, um, did I complain about the movie version here on the podcast? You, you, I you did, have. I did, yeah. 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 They, but they have one of the things that's great about it is the Pink Ladies jackets. They have spectacular jackets. Is the, is their name in kind of rope? Uh, yeah, on the jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see if I can find these jackets. Yeah, here they are. Yeah, they got they got script uh, script on the back. Mm. This is good stuff, Ed. I'm gonna I'm gonna copy this and I'm gonna send yeah. it over to you. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't find the kind of. Apple that I had. I was thinking it was Kubota, but it's not right. Yeah. Let me see that photo. Check it out. Pink ladies, baby. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I'd like a jacket like that. Sure. Yeah. I don't think... I don't know if I could pull it off. Well, if it was super tight, you might not be able to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess was if it was if it was fitted, <laughs> I could probably pull it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. So I watched uh, I watched the Pink Panther, Return of the Pink Panther last night. I saw that you uh, you put that on the Instagram. Uh, just, I saw your your shoe your shod foot, or maybe it was your yeah. socked foot. I don't remember. Who watched? By the yeah, okay. Because who watches TV with shoes on? Nobody. No, got to take your shoes off to watch TV. Yeah. You gotta wiggle your toes during the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do. Yeah, yeah. That's how you do. Um, well, so- I was trying to find some stretcher to try to stay awake long enough for uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, because it was going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't make it. <laughs> well, we had a nice long, like, three-hour dinner at, at the Laurel Wood. With our, our friends Mary and Sergey, yeah. um, who are visiting from San Francisco, Laurel Woods a brewery on mm-hmm. Sandy Boulevard that um, has uh, two uh, distinct uh, kids play areas. So mm-hmm. you can go there with your children, and they will play mm-hmm. with the toys and share whatever diseases they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a uh, TVs you can watch a, f- a football game if you want to, mm-hmm. and the food is. Is not bad. 
Okay. And it's not too expensive. And so they have, uh, so again, Mary have a little girl. And so she could play and Oscar could play and we could eat some wings mm-hmm. and some fish and chips and have flights of beer. Yeah. Of their 10 or 15 varieties of pretty good beer. Um, and uh, before we knew it, three hours had passed of, of play and flights and wings. You know, nice. there's something to be said, I think, for pretty goodness in mm-hmm. all in all things. I, I have a problem I have, uh, a, a personality flaw, you might say, is that I never feel as though I'm appreciating something really good enough while I'm appreciating it. And in the aftermath of it, I feel a kind of vague longing, if you will, sort of um, disappointment. The disappointment not in the thing that I was supposed to be enjoying, but in myself for not enjoying it adequately. In reality, I'm sure I enjoyed it adequately, that it's all a game I'm playing with myself where I I kind of... um, I overestimate how much pleasure I should get out of a thing. Yeah. And then yeah. I follow that stupid rule instead of just enjoying the thing, right? Yeah. These are some main themes. But uh, when uh, when I'm encountering a thing that's pretty good, I feel like I get everything out of it that can be gotten out of it. Like a pretty good evening at a pretty good bar eating pretty good food. Yeah. That that is actually maybe my favorite thing, rather than like an overwhelmingly great experience. That, that I you, then that, feel that I you wasn't will then yeah. doubt whether you appreciated it adequately. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. Okay. I long for that. Yeah. I long for that. that's why that's why I went uh, Monk uh, Beijing hot pot for my birthday because there's lots of other places to go. In Portland, that were that were that are more reportedly overwhelming experiences for signal events, and I thought I don't really want that. I want just to have a nice something to eat with some friends someplace that's good. Of course, it turned out to be overwhelmingly good, but yeah. that was not the plan. The plan was for it to be middling. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. but did you? It sounds like you managed to sneak in. If you go in to a spectacular place with the expectation that it's going to be a middling place. Then you yeah. perhaps could enjoy the great place as though it were middling. Yeah. And thus you get the full experience of it by accident. You've tricked yourself into fully enjoying an experience, a great experience. Yeah. But I, I have gone into great places with great expectations and had them met. And I would say exceeded. Uh, uh, the, a lunch that you and I shared at Commander's Palace. <laughs> that was what I was going to bring up. It, which is, which is, you know, one of the great restaurants of the world. Yeah, and I know that. Yeah, I had been there. I had been there before already, so I knew that it was that it tended to live up to it. And it was great. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was fucking great. It was great, and yeah. it was it was also wrapped up in kind of a great day of wandering and leisure. And you took me to that uh, the cemetery across the way. Um, buried you, yeah. Uh, interred. I'm sorry. Interred you. <laughs> I'm not sorry for interring you. I'm sorry no, no. for yeah, yeah. confusing burying and internment. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I I understand completely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. And then you escaped. Um, mm-hmm. and we just we haven't really talked about it till till now. <laughs> uh, oh, by but, the way, speaking of uh, 
Speaking of things not long talked about and then finally revealed, uh, I just finished a spectacular novel, reading a spectacular novel, and I'm trying to figure out who recommended this to me. Perhaps it was you, but I don't think so. And I was reminded about the recommendation. I had the book ready to go. It was queued up on my bedside table it was in the queue. Yeah. And then uh, Elisa Gabbert, yeah. poet, essayist, and critic, uh, who has been name-checked on this podcast before, wrote mm-hmm. a really great article about – I think its its subject was narrative in fiction. Um, hold on. Uh, uh, and she used this novel as an example. Um, and I'll, I can't find it, but I'll put it in the notes. Um, okay, here. Oh, this and this this was also, I'm seeing this was on uh, Book Fight as well. Um, so oh, I think it's called Why Read Novels. Yeah. Why Read Novels? Because they aren't quite real. Um, mm-hmm. And she ends up, I end up having to stop reading this halfway through um, because she started talking about the plot of the book I'm about to recommend, which is uh, A Heart So White by Javier Marias, Span- mm. Spanish writer. So you didn't mm-hmm. recommend this, did you? No. Um, I might have recommended him if you hadn't read him before, but you've probably read him before. I have never read him. So oh. you, are there other books of his that you like? Yes. I just ordered uh, the in- when you, innocence. What is it? When you when you see me tomorrow, think about my name. What's it called? Uh, when, tomorrow on the battlefield, think of me. It's a long title. Yeah. Uh, I I think that's it. I think this book is is brilliant, and it does something narratively that. Uh, so what I heard, what someone on Twitter told me when I was praising the book on Twitter, is that um, he his technique is the is similar to the technique that I have arrived at after many years of trying, which is to go into a novel not knowing what the hell I'm doing and seeing where it takes me and then shaping the, the result. Um, this book has such associative power. It's kind of rambling, or it presents as rambling. It, it's a first-person narrative. It's uh, a man in his 30s, recently married, experiencing... Anxiety about his marriage, uh, a sense of dread about it, even though on the surface it does not seem that anything is wrong. And he recounts this series of experiences that he's had that seem unrelated to each other. But by the end of the book, they have all come together. And it's the evocation of the way events, memories, and feelings kind of conspire to create a kind of life mise-en-scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and it's all tied up with a family secret that is revealed at the end of the book that's very shocking and exciting to read and kind of explains everything in a way without taking the mystery out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, uh, you know, the, uh, what Gabbard is saying here, among other things, is that uh, it has – its success is that it's, it just has a beautiful unreality to it. Um, and I'll link to the to uh, Lisa's piece in here too, but this book is great. Long sentences, lots of run-ons, lots of asides and parentheticals and diversions, um, and you never feel that he's fully in control of it. But in the end, it turns it all, it turns out all the threads. And I'm speaking from a craft perspective here mm-hmm. that all the threads were within reach, and he pulls them all home together in this in this beautiful and not at all pat way at the end. 
So mm-hmm. really, really good book. I will read it. I like yeah. him. I like the the books that I've read. And I, I you like- know, I wish I wish that I'd had this book to read when I was trapped in the mausoleum uh, in New Orleans. Before. Well, I gave you some literature. <laughs> I gave you some literature. I think some copies of Watchtower. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and uh, like a, a list written in my blood of my grievances against you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was inside one of the Watchtowers. Well, now, now that we're finally talking about it, I yeah. I want you to know that I forgive you. It was Thank a, you. No, it I appreciate a, it. it I a, expect that, but I, I appreciate it also. It was a different yeah. time. It was back when Britney Spears was 26. and It was more than 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we had, uh, not creme brulee, we had a... Um, you know, bread bread pudding souffle. Yeah. Um, they gave us those free martinis. Tw- were they free or twenty five cents? They might or have been a quarter. Cents. Yeah, yeah. They, they were. They were. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think twenty five cent martinis, bread pudding souffle, uh, trout almondine or Meunier, I think. Yeah. Um, I think we went for the 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 prefix, which is. Uh, for lunch, which is uh, trout, trout almondine or Meunier, uh, uh, bo- bo- cup of turtle soup, yep, bowl of turtle soup, yep. Um, which they make as the same tureen they've been using since before the Civil War. Wow, really? Nothing civil about it, as they say. And um, yeah, and, and you know, I, I, we might have splurged on something else, but that's probably what we did because you could do that for under twenty dollars back then. I don't know what it is now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like uh, but you, uh, his his uh, he writes uh, things for the Three Penny Review. He'll often have a little one or two page uh, fuleton in the Three Penny Review, which is great. And I think he does a, like a weekly soccer column for the Madrid paper. Oh, really? Yeah, he manages to get a lot of writing in that guy. It would so appear. Yeah. I think that uh, as a general rule, um, the prefix lunch mm-hmm. at almost any decent restaurant is the correct decision to make. Yeah, um, because they because it's the, what they want you to do, and it was, yeah. it's what they want to do. There's yeah. a, there's a thing they, they know like to good. do. They know it's good. The special, like a special, is often some shit that they haven't they couldn't move a, a couple of days ago and they froze. <laughs> yeah, and they're pushing at you, right? Yeah. They're mixing things together. It's no. leftovers. I never get a dinner special. No, but the prefix lunch prefix is nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They found a groove in their and they're living there. Yeah. You have sent me a link to a cookbook. This is a this is a cookbook. This is a, this. This this has to do, do with both books and and food. This was a, a birthday present to me <laughs> from from Jill. Uh, Vietnamese home cooking by Charles Fan. Yeah, and uh, I have a lot of cookbooks. This one is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 good. Uh, the recipes are good. Fairly uh, simple. I can get all the ingredients at the Vietnamese supermarket three blocks away. So that's helpful. Um. And uh, there's this nice, nice illustrations, little pictures of what things are that you don't know what they are, and preparation tips of things that I'm unaccustomed to making. Um, and the results have been phenomenal. Wow, phenomenal! Great. Any, Pork. I was going to say, any dishes that you specifically have have found success with? It's like a lemongrass pork. So you get a pork roast. You kind of 
and it's not butterflying, but you cut it up so you can roll it back up. And then you kind of put this paste of coriander, mm. a toasted coriander, lemongrass, garlic, some other things, kind of spread it around. Then you roll it back up and you tie it up and you roast it for an hour and a half. Yeah. And uh, we ate for a week with that. Oh, sweet. It, it was good by itself, just a slice. And then uh, you can put it on a little sandwich with some coriander and some pickled. Sure, sure uh, you can. Uh, with some cilantro and some pickled uh, carrot. Yeah. You've got a little banh mi. Oh, sweet. All for hardly spending anything and eat like a Vietnamese king. It's really good. Um, and a lot of a lot of other things. It's good. Good cookbook. Okay. Solid. Great. I think this might be the first solid. cookbook you, we, you've recommended on the show. Yeah. Solid cookbook. Yeah. Very good. Our uh, bathroom is almost done. Yeah. I noticed there's no construction noise at all. No construction noise. Seamus and Eamon uh, and others finished up. And Charles finished up last week. Nice bunch of uh, contractor and carpenters. All uh, well-read. Middle-aged Irish guys um, did a good job. Looks nice. Yeah. But it's done. I miss them. Uh, Seamus would bring his dog. He had this dog, Stella. It's this like poodle labradoodle. Yeah. Um, who would come and hang out in the yard while they worked. And so Oscar and I would play with with the dog while men would work with tools. Yeah, It was yeah. great. Yeah. That sounds great. You showed a photo of... Uh of an exposed chunk of wall. Yeah, there's a shower on the other side of that. I okay. think we're going to fill that space with a chalkboard. Oh. Because that's going to be Oscar's bedroom. Put up a chalkboard. Excellent. I can't quite figure out how to do it. I don't know where to get a chalkboard, except for breaking into breaking into the closed uh, elementary school across the street. I, it just came together for me. I See, so sometimes you, when you have a problem... <laughs> <laughs> All you need to do to solve it is is talk face to face with a friend, and, and even if the friend doesn't have the solution, yeah, um, your brain working at the top of its intelligence and trying to meet the burden of friendship <laughs> will uh, will will solve its own problems, just like that. <laughs> so tonight I'll break into the old haunted elementary school across the street, and I'm sure nothing. That'll be just a cut and dried matter, and. Uh, and uh, having a chalkboard that mysteriously writes its the things <laughs> that writing appears on um, <laughs> in his bedroom, disturbing messages. Um, you're, you're an excellent father. In a child's handwriting, yeah. will appear <laughs> on the wall and drawings. So, yeah. what maybe per- open a portal. You open, you draw a door on it, and the door opens. You walk through the door. <laughs> How serious are you about breaking into the school and, and stealing a chalkboard? Zero percent. Okay. Okay. Zero percent. Trump sometimes is a hundred percent on things. I'm zero percent on this. I think I can get a chalkboard to fit from uh, a Home Depot. Okay. Good. But still, I, I that's a thing I would really love for someone else to do and then tell me about breaking into a school. If any of our friends listening yeah. have an experience breaking into schools, someone broke into my elementary school. I remember it was very. Um, we we showed up for school. It was Potwin Elementary, long raised, um, and uh, I remember there were police there. And there was a broken window, and they had to explain to us that someone had broken in, 
and that they'd had to send in a uh, police dog yeah. to find the guy. And, and it always kind of freaked me out. Um, and they sent the, the police dog, and the police dog had like found the guy wherever he was hiding and had dragged him out like by the arm. And so there was, uh, my memory, there was blood on the floor of the multi-purpose room. <laughs> well, it is, I mean. <laughs> Many purposes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the multi-purpose room it had so many purposes. <laughs> he just was thinking of more pur- purposes for it. Yeah, he was. He, he was, didn't do anything wrong. It's like this is apparently a magical space. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of your elementary school, John? Shimer, Shimer School. Shimer. Yeah, and then in fifth grade, I went to um, Warren Glen School. I was Ooh. fifth through eighth grade. Um, but uh, Shimer School was right in my neighborhood. My, my neighborhood was known as Shimer Manor. Um, I would walk to school all by myself. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, which is Shimer Manor? Shimer Manor. M A N N E R. Yeah, I do it in the in the Shimer Manor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I would I would walk uh, up Ohio Avenue. Yeah. Uh, where I lived, I'd make a left. I don't remember the name of the street. Unfortunately, could get on, could get on Google Maps and see. I'm going to do that. Um, hold on, this is very exciting, actually. Mm-hmm. This is the sort of thing you do at a hundredth, one hundredth um, podcast episode. Yeah, just you go to your go to your old neighborhood on the internet and yeah. uh, six hundred four Ohio Avenue, Phillipsburg, New Jersey. There we are. So I would uh, I would leave my house. I would uh, walk up to um, Pennsylvania Avenue. I would not have thought oh, of that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right there on the corner of Pennsylvania and Ohio. Uh, that's where uh, my murdering dentist lived. Right. Although at this point, he wasn't there yet. Go down yeah. Pennsylvania, past Liggett and Pershing. He wasn't even a murderer yet, probably, He was not right? yet a murderer, no. Mm-hmm. Um, past March Boulevard. And I think it's here, right around... Oh, here it is. Go past New Jersey Ave, uh, and there would be Shimer School on the left, and that's where the bullies would steal my hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would find it later um, against the base of the of the chain link fence, all dirty. Yeah. And then I would uh, brush off the dirt, um, and uh, enough so that my mother wouldn't notice when I got home. And then I would go into Shimer School in my uh, matching uh, white jeans and uh denim jacket nice uh and i would uh receive the wisdom of my uh my betters mm-hmm. was the the shirt was the, the the denim jacket also white yeah it's it almost looked ca- kind of like a uh like a safari like a safari i'll send you a picture if you want i i uh i'm very fond of the picture of me at in my first day of kindergarten with my denim safari gear mm-hmm. because I am a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. No, yeah. no, I don't think you're a narcissist at all. No, that, I know you don't. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. But, that was uh, one of the things we hashed out in the tomb. <laughs> <laughs> you ever yeah. read the gospel of Mark? 
Do you ever have, do you ever do a Bible reading? Uh, yeah, but it's, that shit growing up. It's been a really long time. I had to give this. Tell, tell uh, me all about I was it. In, I was invited to give a reading. Uh, on this log or not reading series from my my friend Jesse. Yeah. And and Van Doren um, at uh, the great Mother Foucault's bookstore. Yeah. Which uh, we'll take you to when you get here. Um, best bookstore in the world. Wow, wow, really? Well, best used bookstore I've ever been in. Yeah. 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 Um, world's big. One <laughs> of my friend, Craig Florence. Yeah. And uh, the, the, there was a theme to the reading, which was Mark. There were three readers, and um, like fiction, nonfiction, and poet. And they were given a theme, and I, 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 didn't, I just read new poems um, that – because I hadn't read them, I wanted to see what happened when I read them. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't really write to the. Um, oh, I like the picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the to the theme, but I did try. I did try to address Mark, and I thought, well, I remember the the book of Mark because there's a weird thing that happens in it. Okay. And I'm I'm not I'm I'm I'm, I'm an atheist, but uh, but the the Bible is an interesting weird thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. So they come to arrest Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he's there with, uh, uh, he's, he's, you know, in his hut, I don't know, his apartment, <laughs> condo. <laughs> I'm hazy on a lot of the details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's this little, this little sentence in one of the verses. Like, so they, they came to arrest him and like, and they, like they knocked on the door and knocked the door down or whatever, stood in the doorway. And, uh, like a naked guy runs out, like, like they like say, hey Jesus, you here? We're here to arrest you. And like, uh, like some naked kid runs out the back door. <laughs> and there's no further explanation of that. <laughs> it's just one little sentence. Like, and then you know the youth, you know, with the like you know a linen wrapped around his waist that that fell as he as he ran naked, you know, into the fields. That's I just don't know what to do. No one's ever <laughs> quite known what to do with that. Write a poem, no doubt. Yeah, if you if you look try if you look for a gloss online, you'll find that most people are as like like you know really very um, you know fervent uh, uh, believers who are trying to explain that it's not a gay thing. <laughs> um, unconvincingly, um, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty weird little thing. Uh, it's, it's yeah. of Mark. So I so I I. I, I Talked about that for a few minutes and then went into my my poems. Why were we talking about that? Mark uh, is the Garden of Gethsemane. And there followed no. him a certain young man having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. And the young men laid hold on him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Yeah. Yeah. It's a normal um, thing. It's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. Uh, it's you know sort of in the way who is I've I you know what's the famous story? Who's the dude who's 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 on a on a trip from one town to another, and some little kids uh, accost him, and they call him Baldy, and so he uh, he co he he mind controls some bears, <laughs> and the bears come and they murder all the children. <laughs> this is this in Mark or is this in Matthew? <laughs> oh, hold on, it's uh, it's it's they call him Baldy. Okay, here it is. It's in, it's in Kings. Um, it's in Kings. Hold on. It's uh okay. It's uh, it's Alicia. Oh Jesus! This I'm in this I'm in this thing where okay. So uh, we'll just do the we'll just do the um 
there's so many versions for shit's sake. Let's do King James. Yeah. And he yeah, went gotta, up gotta King James. And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood. And, she-bears. And tear forty and two children of them. <laughs> and he went from thence to, to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. <laughs> he made bears dis- kill the children. Uh, and then he just called it Baldy. Yeah. And then the next verse is like, and then he went to these other places. Well, he went on his way. He yeah. went, and then he went to Mount Carmel, and then he returned home. Yeah. Later <laughs> that night, like that's the culmination of the story. Yeah. Not and then he returned to, and to to a night of uneasy thoughts. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> to to, uh, to and and had trouble sleeping. <laughs> no. Yeah. He checked his mail and. Uh, <laughs> Sacked out. <laughs> no thoughts of bears or no viscera. That's great. I didn't. I'm, I was unfamiliar with that verse. Yeah, it's these little asides. Uh, yeah. The little asides where the where the uh, the writers, whoever's whoever's making this stuff, just little yeah. Easter eggs for us. Yeah, I like it. I like a Bible that's that's really just fugitive nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can get behind that. <laughs> well, on that note, you want to uh, you want to wrap it up. Happy 100th episode, John. Yeah, happy 100th to you too. Let's do a, let's do another another Benjamin full. 101st airborne coming up next. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians. Hey, all right. A fever of 101. <laughs> 101 is the worst fever to have. Yeah, it's not bad enough to be excited about. <laughs> But you still have a headache. You kind of almost have to go to work, actually. Like there's no, there's no, there's no songs about. I got a fever of a hundred point four. You do have. I give you credit that you do, you do have a fever. You do, or you do present with a fever, but it's not really a signal of your romantic ardor. No, it's not. It's just, uh, uh, you'll, you'll feel better tomorrow. It's just a twenty four hour bug. Yeah. yeah, I got a fever of ninety nine and point nine. <laughs> Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to lunch. Cause it's time for lunch. That's right, it's time for Lunchbox with Ed and John.